Welcome to The Pestle, reviewing and breaking down movies to look for insights into the movie-making process. Hosted by the X-Men. Wait, shouldn't that be X-People? Come on now, Xavier, smash the patriarchy. Now, let's dim the lights and start the show. Welcome, everybody, to The Pestle. Today's show is brought to you by the Hotel Obsidian. Come be your weird-ass self where no one cares at the Hotel Obsidian. Welcome, everybody, to The Pestle. I am Wes. And I am Todd. <laughs> and we're filmmakers, uh, writers, actors, all the freaking hats that you can possibly wear. We stack them all together on top of our face um, and then do weird little dances. And we like to bring <laughs> that into how we analyze and talk about films. So uh, what are we going to do today, man? Yes, today. Today we are covering Lightyear, uh, the uh, the buzz uh, light year story. Um, so if you haven't seen it, it's in theaters now. Please pause the episode at the time of this recording. Please pause the episode. Go watch it. There's going to be a lot of spoilers everywhere. Everywhere. We'll, we'll touch on a few things. I mostly want to look at some of the story and writing, the character and story arcs, and see what we can glean from that. And I don't know, did you prepare anything from the kiddos or did you not have time? Oh, no, I didn't. Okay, all good. Sorry. Um, And we will not do that. Uh, But yeah, we'll look at, you know, some of the story and writing and other such stuff and things and stuff. So a quick synopsis of the film. While spending years attempting to return home, Maroon's space ranger Buzz Lightyear encounters an army of ruthless robots commanded by Zerg who are attempting to steal his fuel source. It's directed by Angus McLean, a screenplay by Jason Headley and Angus McLean. It's starring Chris Evans as Buzz Lightyear. Kiki Palmer as Izzy Hawthorne, uh, Uzo Aduba as Alicia Hawthorne, Peter Son as Sox, Taika Watiti uh, as Mo, and Isaiah Whitlock Jr. as Commander Burnside. Hello, Buzz. Ah! I am Sox, your personal companion robot. My what? I was issued by Star Command to ease your emotional transition after your time away. Oh, well, that's very considerate of you, robot feline, but no thank you. I'm afraid it's protocol. Sensors indicate you've missed four birthdays. Would you like a frosted snack cake to celebrate? Negative. That would compromise my nutritional regimen. We can talk about your feelings. I am an excellent listener. No, no, look, I've had a very long day. It did not go as planned. The mission was unsuccessful? Affirmative. Oh, no. I am so sorry to hear that. Thank you, Socks. You're welcome, Buzz. Shall we play a game? No, thank you. Are you sure? I can create a game specifically for you, based on your exact personality profile. Hey, listen, Socks, buddy. I'm pretty tired, so I'm going to go ahead and hit the rack. Of course. I can provide sleep sounds if you like. I have several options. Summer night, ocean paradise, whale calls. No, no. White noise is fine. Very well. Good night, socks. Good night, Buzz. So there was a limited number of options for clips, and I just didn't want to play a trailer. Um, yeah. yeah. Nice. So I really do want to hear what it was like for you. I suspect we there's a missing ingredient between my experience in yours and it's probably going to begin with um uh, a couple of little parasites <laughs> yeah <laughs> by the way i can call them in here at any point and i'd okay. be happy to talk about it 
So, yes. Uh, first off, let me say I've been waiting for this movie for a long time. I I, I loved I loved the trailer. It was amazing. Great um, trailer. I loved the 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 marketing for it. How it like it was so real and not not cartoony at all, and just like it felt larger than life. Right, the marketing and the trailers and and everything. Um, so so you know, and knowing is Pixar, I'm expecting a lot which says a lot about them and what they do. Um, and a lot meaning uh, not just it looks good and it feels good, but that the story is layered and the story is is important. And there's little things that every little thing matters. And that's what I felt like I absolutely got. And I, and I was curious as to, you know, how they were going to do this because he looks different. He sounds different. Um, he's in a whole different world kind of thing. Like, you know, so how are you going to tie this to Toy Story? And they, they, they do it in literally the first second. Um, because apparently this is the movie that the toy was based off of that Andy saw back in the nineties. And that's why he wanted this toy because of this movie and to, because of that, they could literally do anything. They just take this very open. They're like, we're going to address what you're going to see and the reservations you're going to have in your brain because you've been tied to this other version of Buzz for 20 years. Now we're going to, we're going to give him hair. Okay. And before you freak out because he's going to see his hair and he's going to look different, you need to understand why. And, and so here we go. This is why back in 1994, Andy got a toy that toy was based on a movie. This is that movie. Boom. In that first opening scene where first opening shot with, with the text, it said in 1995, it's 1995, I guess he said in 1995, Jenny, my, I went to see it with my wife and my kids burst into tears, just burst into tears. Right. It was so emotional <laughs> because that, you know, <laughs> I mean, we've been living with Pixar and with toy story you know, our, almost our entire adult lives, it definitely our entire adult oh, lives, yeah. but our adolescent lives for sure, you know, late adolescence. And so it, it was like, I don't know for her, it was just like super emotional. And she cried. I think I want to say 15 times throughout the entire movie, which is whatever. It's not saying a lot because she cries. everything. <laughs> but, um, but you know, it was a really good setup to see. Right. And my kids have seen all the toy stories, all they love everything. Pixar, Wally, all that good stuff. The good dinosaur. And so it was a good setup for them too to to know, oh, that's where this came from. Okay, so now everybody is just watching it from the point of view of this is brand new and anything can happen. And so we get into it and you know my son loves space and he loves talking about time and everything. And so there's freaking time dilation in this movie. And they do an amazing job of explaining just enough yeah. to, to kids that might not understand what that is or that, I mean, nine out of 10 of them have no idea what that is to, kind of touching on and explaining it, but not overly explaining it for, for, to annoy adults, which I thought was wonderfully beautiful and, and awesome. I thought I loved how they gave him all of these trinkets and toys and weapons and everything. And then he immediately loses them all. And so you, you get this moment of like, if he's being grabbed by the, the, the creature that we never actually see, but the tentacles, right. Mm. And the first time that that happens when they land on the planet before they try to take off and, and they eventually crash, 
you know, he gets this, he gets this gun and immediately loses it. And then, and then at the last second, he, you know, his partner throws him one and he, he catches it and, and it just gets out of it barely in time. And that happens the entire time throughout the movie, but he constantly fails. He fails. He fails. He fails. I love that Chris Evans is the voice. I think he's just perfect because going from Captain America to this is exactly, uh-huh. exactly the kind of role that it should, that he should be. It shouldn't be Tim Taylor, uh, Tim the Tooling <laughs> Man Taylor. Uh, it, it shouldn't be. It should be somebody else or something else because why not? Right. It's got, he's got to sound younger, you know, and it's fine that he has a different voice because this is a different kind of buzz. This is from something that's completely different from the toy. I loved the characters. I love that his partner was lesbian and got married and they had a kid and everything and he missed it all. And then so then when she dies, it's like a it's it is a gut punch. It feels like a gut punch. His de- complete determination no matter what feels like the toy. You know, it feels like that's his mission. And then to find out that Zerg is actually him was amazing. It was so it was so such a cool little twist that you don't expect and but it's a different version of him which i don't know i could go on for days to talk about it uh i, I want to hear what you think before i keep going but i absolutely adored it i loved it the kids loved it whenever there were these little easter eggs that happened they spotted them all what easter eggs well okay well things like um the suit for example like towards the end when he finally gets like the actual suit like the with the wings and everything from the, you know, it's not really an Easter egg, I guess, you know, Yeah. but you know, but yeah, it is a Um, subtle thing. It's not like they really pointed out. You do have to catch it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, when he gets the wings, they freaked out. (laughs) It was, and it's something that's, that's, that's such a thing that Pixar would do, right? Don't make him buzz until the very end. He's, he's buzz, but he's not really buzz unless he has the wings. And it, or or anything else. It could be one other thing. Maybe it's the buttons on his thing. On his thing, you could make it anything, but don't make him fully yeah. buzz until the very end. And I thought that they did that in a wonderful way. That f- my kids, they literally jumped out of their chairs <laughs> in the in the theater. It was wonderful. Such a cool uh, cool moment. Yeah. So anyway, what did you think? So how, how did you feel not having kids sitting in the theater watching this? Far less entertained. Um, of course, which is yeah. fine. Yeah, I think that would have changed it a lot. Normally, you know, I, I'm I'm shushing people, right? Like, hey, you in the back right row, we're not mm-hmm. in the front left row. Like, stop eating your popcorn so loud. <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah. you know, and so I think this is that one rare film where it's like, man, I, to be you know, surrounded by kids would have, you know, made a big improvement, except I didn't think parents would like me going up and say, Hey, can I sit by your kids? <laughs> I'm really glad you didn't try that. Thanks. Yeah, me too. Oh my gosh. But I think, so I watched it twice. The first time I was mildly amused and I, I certainly appreciated a few moments. That moment you point out with the wings was great because I had completely, I don't watch a lot of Toy Story and I wasn't remembering that he had those uh, jet wings or whatever until they popped back out. And I was like, oh, my God, yes. You know, that's that was a really satisfying moment for sure. Um, And then a couple here and there, like most of the humor was definitely aimed at, you know, kids. And I think that was the first thing that like frustrated me 
is that most Pixar films do a great job of engaging the adults. Um, and this is the first one that I've seen that I felt like didn't try to engage adults uh, and adults. They, they just really focused on, you know, making kids laugh, you know, fart humor kind of stuff. I did, they didn't do any, they didn't do a lot of fart humor in this. Um, they had the pull my finger gag, uh, which is fine. Like that, that, you know, was, you know, entertaining. I, I appreciated what they were doing there. Um, because that's not where he was going. So they have some nice irony that they're playing with, but a lot of the humor just, you know, wasn't aimed at me. And so I didn't spend a lot of time laughing. Um, I think the social cues of being around laughing kids, uh, would have helped a lot to see it through their eyes instead of through my own. And so, but my first time through, I was like, okay, that was fine. Like, you know, not bad. My second time through was rough. Like suddenly I'm paying far more attention to the story and things that I didn't put a finger on the first time became just screaming obvious uh, the second time around. And so I really began to struggle like, oh man, I think y'all dropped the ball. There were some really good opportunities in here that y'all didn't take. Uh, whereas the first time through the stuff that is aimed at adults, uh, I did appreciate like uh, they have this 2001 Space Odyssey. They have a couple references in there from that. Uh, like uh, he's the first time he's taken that that trip around um, the, the sun. Right. He says, open the fuel door, Ivan. I'm sorry, I didn't quite catch that uh, <laughs> buzz. Like and it's a little callback right to how. Uh, 9,000. Um, and I think there's one other big reference and I'm sure thousands of little references I didn't pick up, pick up on. And the time dilation, I thought they did a great job of explaining that to kids, seeing that this was clearly a, a, a an actual kids movie. Um, they did a really fantastic job of explaining that without belaboring it or confusing the audience. Um, they, they point it out, describe it, and then they let you just see it. Let's just sit and experience how this is actually working. And now you understand every time he goes really fast, things age really fast, except he doesn't. He he stays the same. Now, I don't think they really nailed the whole time dilation effect just because he's making the same trip over and over again. And at one point, that same trip nets him 62-year loss. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know if that really tracks with the, the practicalities of it. I thought that totaled 62 years well the way and so maybe you can correct me or uh you know i'm just not really understanding the the science of it just to get super nerdy on a pixar kids film <laughs> but <laughs> the the time dilation effect when it comes to speed is more about the distance that you're covering as much as it as it is about the speed that you're going right and so uh, he's taking the same trip around the sun every single time and how fast he's doing that doesn't really matter because he's covering the same exact distance every time. Um, and so whether you, you do that trip, you know, and you know, a million miles an hour or one mile an hour, the distance isn't going to change. And therefore, uh, the time it takes to cover that isn't going to, uh, shouldn't change either. Um, so it takes the sun light eight minutes to go from the sun to earth, uh, and that's at the speed of light. Right. And so it's, 
it's the same exact light particle. It's not aging. Um, we're not aging. It's not suddenly 10 years later on earth by the time the light hits us. Uh, and so kind of extrapolating that same idea. It's not really about the speed. It's about the distance that you're covering. And so if he wanted to go 62 years into the future, he would have had to make that trip like, you know, 10 times or whatever um, in order to kind of hit that same amount of time elapse. Uh, that's the way I perceive it. Maybe that's, you know, maybe I'm really missing a fundamental problem with hyperspeed space travel or whatever. <laughs> I thought, I thought, because he made the trip a bunch of times. And so I thought every time it was like four or five or six years or something. And so he did make oh, it 10 times. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I thought it was that last trip alone that the cat experienced was 62 years because that's the only trip that uh, socks is with him on. And he's like, he asked, how long has it been? And he says 62 years. Um, and that is enough time for a full generation oh. to pass. Oh, you mean when, when he actually is successful, right? Right. When he finally cracks the, gotcha. cracks the code. Yeah. Gotcha. I thought it was speed. Yeah. I mean, I don't maybe, know. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, we're just talking science right now. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> Not even the movie, but yeah, it's a good point. You're out of your depth. <laughs> That's a good point though. We are, we if are, we true. totally are. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. And so I, but regardless of me totally screwing up basic science, fundamental shit, um, yeah. I do find, I, I did really love that they implemented time dilation as a storytelling element and generally did a great job with it. Right. We really got to see how it worked, um, the effects and the impact that it has had on buzz. Yeah. I will tell you what, I'll just jump into my my thoughts on the, the story and writing afterwards, you can punch me in the face and say, Wes, you freaking missed it, man. Okay. Um, okay. So arcs, I, what is this story trying to say about leadership or space exploration or ego? I don't know. And I think if we look through the, the arc of buzz, um, we can maybe start to unpack some of the issues that I'm, I'm seeing with this. For one, I think the most fundamental, fundamental issue with Buzz uh, is that he's unlikable. For nearly the entire film, he's not likable. We don't identify with his ego or how he treats people. Uh, we're simply spending time with him and are expected to like him because of that. And also because he's a title character, right? They're leaning on Toy Story uh, history and vibes um, instead of really giving us a reason to like this iteration of buzz in the same way that Andy liked him in, you know, 1995, uh, a trillion years ago. And so for instance, uh, he's prejudiced against rookies, right? Feathering, feathering Himston hasn't done anything to give him doubt, right? We never see him screw something up, right? Instead, he just gives him sad eyes and we're expected to not just laugh, but to also let that fill in for uh, the rookie's ineptitude, right? So why exactly doesn't Buzz like him? We we don't know. It's just, I, I just don't like rookies. And that's a terrible reason to me. Instead, it would have been great to see either A, that the rookie or rookies are incompetent, even though Buzz tries to include them, Right. Like, oh, I'm trying to get you to, to be a part and you just keep screwing up. Um, instead, he tells him to shut up and sit there. Um, and the result of that, right, is he gets abducted. And now he's blaming the rookie for being abducted after doing what he told him to do. Or B, it would have been nice that the rookie actually is competent when he's actually being trained by his leadership, i.e. Buzz. I.e. the problem is fixable through competent leaders, 
let's not blame people for what you're not telling them. And I feel like this, this attitude is blaming people for things that they're not even remotely responsible for. If, if it's your job to train me and I suck, I suck because you're a bad trainer, not because I'm just uh, an inherently terrible person, which they touch on lightly whenever Buzz has his moment of, I, I used to screw things up too. Well, that should be every bit of a reason to have a different perspective on how you're treating these people. Yeah. And so we can go down that here in a little bit if you want, but maybe this film, my feeling is maybe this film should have been Buzz as a rookie trying to prove himself over incompetent leadership. And now it's a story of overturning old ways, patriarchy, outdated philosophy, any number of opportunities. Cause I felt like they were playing with some ideas of, Oh, let's, let's, okay. We have a, a, a kind of a historically, you know, empowered demographic. Let's show how he can be a better leader with his authority that he's been given. And I just think they totally dropped the ball in every way that matters. And so he's pooping on, you know, the, the rookie when we start at the beginning. And then we fast forward when we meet Izzy and Steele and Mo. I feel like they should be incompetent because of bad leaders, not because they're idiots. And they are just flat out idiots. There is no reason to trust any of them with anything. Um, and so they're proving his case right that he shouldn't trust them. Um, instead, the point should be he needs to be training them. And we never have that model in our mind of what it means to train someone to become better or what it means to take someone who's not good at their job and make them good at their job. There's none of these layers to interact with that's going to propel our story forward uh, in a way that, you know, adds up to something. And so this sets up doing that, right? Uh, sets up logic to let them have moments of glory that are never earned with an emotional resonance. They never have these improvements that come because of something happening me mechanically within the story. Uh, there's no structure to when they get better or why. Instead, it's just sporadic, right? They get better when it serves the plot, not because it's ever earned through any kind of character growth. And that makes this very unsatisfying from a story um, and emotional, you know, human element. Okay, well, maybe this story is kind of digging into space exploration, right? Maybe it's trying to tell us something about that. Well, we have a whole sequence of buzz skipping through time, um, seeing his friend have a family get old, and there's this emotional beat. And so what is this what it's communicating to me is that Buzz is missing out on life. He's missing out on, you know, personal experiences. And so what that, that is never pertinent to his journey on this film. Um, he's just, he's making a sacrifice that's never realized or articulated in his arc after this point, right? It's an unfulfilled emotional loaded gun. Um, they never really, set that off in a compelling way, um, or at least an overt and obvious way. Um, at best, he has the team at the end, but it's not at all emotionally connected to an idea that's layered throughout the film of he was missing out on something. And now this is an opportunity to have his personal fulfillment come through space exploration or connecting with his team. Instead, it's just like, oh, I guess y'all aren't idiots after all, and y'all should be a part of my team. And it's, it's just a jump. It's a complete story jump uh, that isn't earned through, you know, any kind of sequencing within the story itself. 
um, the space exploration community it, itself decides to be anti-exploration. I this doesn't track at all. This whole the turnip is supposed to be filled with scientists and space explorers, and they just stop because their kids have a force field shield thing. Like that is a complete nonsensical thing. Like why? And there's no reason at all. It's just to serve the plot of having Buzz deal with obstacles and obstinacy. Uh, it's, it, it lacks any kind of story, you know, cohesion. And at the end, Burnside randomly changes how he treats Buzz's rogue mission with a reward instead of punishment. I don't understand that because in what we discover right towards the end, through old buzz is that we find out he was chided or whatever for stealing the ship and fixing the problem, which is dumb, but okay. Like if that's going to be the direction you're taking these characters, you know, be consistent, but it's not because Burnside now decides to reward him for his uh, ruthlessness. And you can back your way into that logic. You can back your way in and say, well, there's, this is a whole new, new, right? This, they that first version of Buzz never had an old version of Buzz that he had to fight against, um, and there and so now this version of Burnside sees Buzz rescuing them from this you know evil entity, but they never actually say that. It's always just you should be demoted and you should be you know put in jail, uh, but instead we're going to reward you. It's not, but you saved us. You proved that you know. We need to be advancing. We need to be exploring. And therefore, you know, that none of that's laid out. It's never touched on. It's just we jump from A to Z and and it doesn't really track water to me. And so everything just kind of happens because the writers want it to happen, not because there's any kind of framework or story logic that propels events forward based on some coherent character motive uh, or growth. And so I think they just left a lot of, you know, low hanging fruit on the on the table here yeah and so that's kind of my my feeling <laughs> yeah, and you went on a ramp yeah <laughs> no i i get that um i mean the only thing it's so funny 199 episodes and this is the one that i disagree with you on nice nice <laughs> uh i i actually so in the references to like you know why would you know, why would uh, this group of scientists decide to stay? Dude, that shit happens all the time. Mm -hmm. We went to the moon in 1969. And we stopped going. You know what I mean? Why? Why? Right? There, there's. They couldn't see a fix to the problem, and so they just kind of made do with what they had. And then when they got the force field, they were like, oh, okay, now we can stay. And Buzz had been trying and failing for decades and just never, it was, they had given up. That happens all the time. I think it might be, it might be a, just a, a reference to that, that mm -hmm. a lot of times society can just stop. And, you know, it's, a, if you don't make shit, there's no shit to buy. So, I mean, that's a, it's, it doubles into exploration. If you don't push the boundary, if you don't continue through failing, then you're going to stay there on that planet. So, I mean, that's how I got yeah. it. I totally see. I totally see all of your points here. And, you know, it, it, yeah. but in that one, I just chose to see it like, oh, it's just a reference to just, you know, life in general. If you don't persist, you stay still. 
And it was, it was only Buzz's determination in his mission, which, you know, if you, if you, if you remember the toy, obviously we all do. He's all about the mission. There is nothing else. There is no one else. Every, nothing else matters, but the mission. And so he's introducing him as a, a rookie while very entertaining and would be probably be a better movie. I agree. I'm okay with him not being a rookie and already being a badass, hmm. right? I, I do understand the frustration with his, him not liking rookies, but that's just cause he's kind of a jerk and he's always kind of a jerk. He's even a jerk hmm. in the first entire first toy, toy story movie. So it's like he doesn't necessarily even have to learn anything in this movie, but he kind of does, you know, in a way by allow by allowing what's her name the the young girl Izzy, to yeah. Izzy, thank you, by trusting her in yeah. some ways towards the end. I mean, he kind of had to; he was forced to, but he but he did. So while yeah, that, I to- yeah, but that's my point is like he's it felt like every important moment was out of the characters' hands. Yeah, but that's the point. I didn't see that as the point. I saw that as a failure of, you know, finding ways to grow your characters uh, through choice and decision, which is a much more satisfying. um, Yeah, it's satisfying, but it's not always reality. Yeah. And sometimes they just have to do things, even though it's not part of their character. And I mean, you know, like and and yes, that doesn't make the best film, (laughs) the best story for a film. I get it. There's a there's usually an arc and something that creates uh, a transition in a mind and we see that on mm-hmm. film or we hear it or whatever. And that's, that's what we're used to. And we didn't necessarily get that with him. I, I, I agree with that. He was kind of forced into situations where it had to happen yeah. and it wasn't a conscious decision that was made by him. And so by the end, it's kind of like he's, he's this character where things happened and decisions had to be made whether he wanted to make them or not. Yeah. And that's not exactly as fulfilling from a filmmaker watching standpoint. Mm. Is but, that is that Yeah, I think that's accurate, but I think it, it it's even accurate to say people would have connected and liked this movie. You would have had a better experience if those things had been so. Like because now mm, you understand, oh man, he's learned and you can feel it. It's not that you're just saying, yes, he's learned and therefore I like this. Obviously it's not that, but you would emotionally connect with him because you are empathizing with his journey now um, in a way that you're not able to, he is a jerk this entire movie. How can you empathize with someone who's mean for no reason and never actually learns why he shouldn't treat people this way. Instead it's, Oh, the, this group is okay. It's not my philosophy was ever wrong. Yeah. Well, I don't think that his philosophy ever changed in the toy story movies either. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it did later. It did later, probably like the third and fourth. <laughs> ones. I don't it remember. Yeah, I, I certainly don't remember uh, his any of his arcs there. Yeah, yeah. He but, gets to be really lovable. Yeah, okay. Especially from the third one on, but at least the first one, he's just kind of like this jerk the whole oh, time. Yeah. So I kind of expected him to stay like that in this movie. So that but, might be. Yeah, but the first one was I felt like it was more about Woody's arc and him coming to yeah. grips uh, with someone else being loved by Andy. Yes, for sure. For sure. I think the point that I'm, I'm like, I'm like dissentingly agreeing with you that I think that those are ways that it could have been better, but I was okay with how it was because of, of how I've connected with buzz throughout the, the years of Mm. toy story one through four. And 
I kind of expected him to still be that way because that's how he was in the first one. And I know it was mostly about Woody. Totally get that. It's a, it's a yeah. Woody movie, but it's Woody is only Woody because of the way Buzz is in that movie. Yeah. And so I expect him to kind of go into, I mean, even at the end, the ship that they sit, that they fly off into space in looks exactly like the box that, that Buzz came in. Oh, and, that's funny. and, yeah. and there's this, another reference that, and Simon saw this dude, Simon saw this. He noticed this in toy story one, Buzz mentioned something to Woody about gas, gas prices or something. And he says, Oh, you guys, you haven't um, learned about uh, crystallic fusion yet or something like that. He references crystallic fusion, which is what this movie is a hundred percent about. Yeah. Right. Like he's trying to capture that again. That's clever. Anyway, which I yeah. thought was like super clever. And I just thought it was pretty cool that he actually noticed that because it's a throwaway line that happens, yeah. you know, at the beginning. So, but anyway, he's, he's just this, I, I get how it could have made a better movie. Yeah. I do, but I'm fine with how it was. Nice. And it, cause I kind of expected him to stay that way hmm. because I, because if he would have just been that, been like this, this character that I loved at the end then in a way it would have changed the way that toy story one felt to me, you know, cause then he doesn't need to continue learning. Like, well, I mean, you always need to continue learning, but like he doesn't need to learn what he learns in toy story one. If he's already learned it in this, in this movie, maybe not, maybe not necessarily yeah. cause they're totally separate right. and they've established totally Universes, separate, but, yeah. but me as a viewer. So I think those are still really good references, still nice. really good, good notes there. Thanks, man. Yeah. The last thing I'll say is I love, I mean, I love socks, but, uh, there was a simple little number reference. Y'all know, I like to try to see if there's any subtle things that they're doing and maybe it's not what I thought it was, but Izzy has, uh, you know, every character has a number emblazoned on their mm -hmm. chest. Um, and Izzy's number was 42, um, which I thought was kind of a double reference. Um, for one, it's a simple, sci-fi fantasy reference to hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy right the oh, life yeah. the universe and everything um but it's also i felt like even more importantly was a reference to jackie robinson like um oh. number 42 yeah i love it yeah so i was like oh that's a fun use of numbers uh, i couldn't put together any of the other numbers and so if there was another fun thing they were doing there i completely missed it i tried i thought i saw a birthday no, I, or something but no I, I love the 42 reference to, to Hitchhiker's Guide. I think that that's, that's totally legit. But I didn't even think about Jackie Robinson. That's even better. I hope that that's the thing. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. I, the thing that surprised me was that Zerg was him. Because in Toy Story 2, there's this reference. I don't know if you've seen Toy Story 2. I mean, not it. in a while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a reference because Zerg is chasing them um, in Toy Story 2. And there's a reference to Star Wars where he's chasing him. And he says, he says, Buzz, I am your father. And Buzz kneels down. He's like, no, <laughs> he does the whole star Wars thing. And then they, they play catch in the movie. So They're like, Oh son. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh dad. And they, they, they throw, they play catch in the movie and it's funny yeah. and, and, and fun and a fun reference. So in this movie, when, when he gets to Zerg, he's, or is like around Zerg is close to him before he knows that it's him. He says, dad, just like a, just like a little tiny yeah. little reference and then finds out that it's that it's him but that's a little callback to toy story 2 that's pretty solid too. i like that because i expected it to be his dad 
because of Toy Story 2. And so did my kids. Because oh, wow. of, it's it's a legit reference that they in Toy Story 2 they yeah. spend some time on, right? And they go back to a couple of times. So Damn. anyway. Yeah. And uh there's other there's a few other things too, but they're like little tiny things. So nice. But I enjoyed it. My kids really enjoyed it. My wife enjoyed it, which is a big deal because <laughs> she's not really, you know, into yeah. most movies. She thinks most movies suck, which to be fair, a lot of, that's not incorrect right. you know in many ways yeah. um but this is thoroughly enjoyable to her uh i wish it was in, more enjoyable to you i wish i could have seen it with you you could have come with me and my kids that would be great yeah you, you know seeing them stand up in the middle of the, of the theater and like clap <laughs> would have been enjoyable for you i think agreed so, yeah nice um well that's all i got uh what are you gonna recommend this week yeah oh you're gonna <laughs> i was gonna recommend what the artist spotlight is oh were you really <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. we can double up that's fine okay let's double up all right i'm gonna my okay my son for a long time he's he's really loved mr beast i love mr beast i think he's like he's awesome and it's just a good humanitarian in a lot of ways and just an awesome person and he wanted to start a youtube channel and uh i want to say a couple of years ago or a year ago or i don't remember probably two years ago um, he started a little YouTube channel. He thought of the name, uh, wanted to call it Pop Gum, and where he plays video games. And we only have, I don't know, a few videos because they're such a pain in the butt for me to to edit and everything. But he he's wanted to start doing it again. And so we started doing it. We've done a couple in the last month or so. And, uh, and we're going to start doing more uh, because I told him, hey, man, this is a lot of work. And I have a lot of things to do and I, and I love you to death, but I don't want to be sitting down at a computer editing this stuff only for you to come and tell me that you want it to be different. So if you want to do this, you can record these things and you're going to sit your butt next to me while I do it. And I want you to tell me what to do because I'm not going to imagine what you want this to be. This is your thing. And then also if we put these things online and they don't get views or whatever likes, I don't give a shit. You I like, do not get upset about that. The moment you start getting upset about that, I'm stopping. I, you know, um, and not because you did anything wrong, but because I don't want you to tie this hmm. to your worth. This is, this is just the play. It took Mr. Beast years to get any kind of following or, or anything. So like, it doesn't, that does not matter. This is just for fun. Um, so anyway, the last couple episodes, he's sat next to me and every single edit that's in these videos is what he told me to do cut there cut that out okay bring this back in oh man maybe we can we can put in a picture of so and so here or a sound bite of this there whatever all of these things that are all his his call which i just absolutely love and adore um and so the next one that we do just fyi he's going to edit it he's Ooh. gonna sit in this chair because he's watching me twice do the whole are we thing. talking premiere yes we're talking premiere He's watched me twice since I said, okay, next one, I want you to sit in the chair. I, it will take weeks to do. I know it will, but I'm telling you, you do that a couple of times. You won't even need me to be here and you'll, you'll figure it out. So next one, he's going to edit. But anyway, that's long story short. That's my recommendation is his channel pop gum, which happens to be, I didn't know you were going to do the spotlight. That's so. so cool though. I love that. He's going to be editing. What is he? Eight, nine. He's nine now. Yeah. God, that's yeah. really cool. I wish I'd yeah. been able to start editing at, you know, a single digit. 
<laughs> well, I just, you know, he loves it and anything he loves, I want him to, him to learn to yeah. do it. Like, like, I don't want to force him like, dude, you don't have to do this. I'm not, you know, but if you want it, here you go. You have a setup, you have a dad who actually has this stuff who can knows how to tell you what to do or how to do what to, what you want. And, you know, I'm here for you. I'll give you the time, but yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. So. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I watched it whenever you, you posted it and I was just laughing. I thought it was really well done. It's very tight and concise. It's not like a 20 minute. We're just going to sit and watch someone with a bunch of dead air. Um, it got to the punchy moments really fast. It's like, what, six minutes uh, yeah. long and every minute, you know, is earned. It's it's really well oh. done, man. So Hats off I'll tell you, him you said that you and Simon. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell him you said that. It means a lot, a lot. I mean, he notices, like he can feel it. Wow. You know, like if you're watching, you know, you're yeah. an editor, if you're feeling an edit and you're feeling it's too much, like, or it's too long here, I got to cut this down or whatever. You can feel when it's too long and he feels it. That's... He's like, uh, it's, can we cut more of that out? Or, or yeah. So it's, it's pretty great. It's pretty he, great. He might be my future uh, movie editor. We'll see. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm te- I'm, that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Oh, yeah. Editing, I feel like, uh, is so much better in the hands of, like, empathetic people. And he's uh, grown up to be a really empathetic person. And whenever you can connect with what's happening and emotionally experience it in real time instead of, like, in hindsight, you're you're – you've already experienced this moment and now it's just like, everything's good. You can't feel the beats. You can't feel what someone else is going to feel watching it for the first time. Um, and yeah, I feel like all the best editors are just very, very highly intuitive, uh, emotional and uh, connected people. So I but, totally agree. That's why you're good. Well, TBD. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I'm going to recommend uh, they just started airing, Hulu, so the Orville ran for a couple seasons, then got canceled. Oh, yeah. And then Hulu uh, picked them back up and retitled it The Orville New Horizons, which is a continuation. It's not like they reset the universe or anything. Um, And so they've been airing new episodes that are really long, and I love it. Uh, They're fantastic. Um, The Orville is a really – it's what Star Trek should be uh, today, Uh, and it's what Star Trek used to be when it first came on in the whatever – 60s I don't, I don't know when it first came on but it's it tackles through science fiction a lot of ideas of today and that's the best use of sci-fi and fantasy is let's look at social commentary social issues um, through the lens um, of some other distant you know time and place uh, and now we can put faces on it that make you less likely to hold on to your preconceived notions, right? Whenever it's suddenly, you know, uh, two aliens fighting with each other, you're no longer thinking about whatever Israel, Palestine, or, you know, American Russia, whatever, right? It just suddenly becomes, Oh man, why can't those two people get along? And now you're rethinking this stuff. Yeah. And it's, what was that on first before Hulu? Um, I think Fox. So Fox, Fox has a, yeah, Fox has a, wow. I want to say it was Fox because it's a Seth MacFarlane show and he has a long standing relationship with Fox. Um, yeah. And so I'm pretty sure it was them. 
And Fox is excellent at green lighting and killing really good projects. And so hats <laughs> off to you, Fox. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm loving it. I, I hope people will tune in just to keep the show around. Um, it's silly. It, it does a lot of silly, you know, bop, bop you on the head kind of humor. Uh, uh-huh. the, the kind that I was literally just, you know, talking about I didn't like uh but it <laughs> it does it in a way to lighten thing lighten otherwise heavy story elements and so mm-hmm. it's a really good balance of we're not gonna you know make you feel like trash um the the entire time instead we're gonna tackle heavy stories uh or ideas with very you know with the light touch and so it does a really fantastic job of that all right yeah so stay tuned um if you can, we're going to be on hiatus for a few weeks. I, I think the Sapios are leaving the country. They're they're having a national vacation um, uh, or international vacation. <laughs> That's right, Cabbage Pat. Sapio <laughs> European vacation. There it's it going to be boondoggle like that. <laughs> and when we come back in a few weeks, we will be celebrating episode 200 with finally, at long last, taking a look at this movie we've been putting off for far too long called Interstellar. <laughs> Yes, yes. And you know why? Because it's our it's our damn podcast and we're going to do what we want. And that's our favorite movie. Both Absolutely. Of us. Yeah. Yes. So this will be the third time we take a look. And this will be the first time that I watch it on a TV screen and not in a movie theater. And oh, I'm man. so unhappy about this. <laughs> But also, excited. well, you never know. In <laughs> yeah. the next couple of weeks, who knows? You yeah. know, yeah. maybe send a send an email to Tim League and see if maybe he'll just put it in. I'm going to start. He'll just put it in for a day. Uh, you know, in the theater. I'm going to start a picket line out front of his house and just camp out and until yeah. he agrees to to do it. Him and Mr. Yeah. Bullock. Um. <laughs> or 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 you could just rent one of those big inflatable. <laughs> That's true. Uh, screens. And get a projector and just put it on, put on a huge thing for your whole complex. <laughs> there then, you go. Yeah, I think I think that's the right way to go about this. Yeah, I mean, right. Or spend like a thousand dollars renting an Alamo draft house screen for myself. <laughs> that's not a bad idea. That's really not a bad idea. It's a weird use of you a can grand, do that. You can do that. I can do that. I don't think it's a thousand dollars. I think you can get a small, a small, stu- uh, small theater like early in a day at Slaughter for i don't know maybe 700 bucks and then if you just bring a bunch of people like tell a bunch of people about it and say hey you know just toss in 10 bucks or something like that whatever uh that would help um i don't know i don't know interesting or just watch it in your (laughs) just just watch it on tv screen man just relent sit really close I'm watching it in my VR headset and it'll feel like a theater. Yeah. There you, it's actually not a bad idea. Do you that have could, a VR headset? I do. Yeah. yeah. You have Oculus? Yeah. I have the Quest 2. I, well, I'm cool. I'm a creative director on an immersive technology agency. Yeah. So it's a, it oh, that's right. Behooves me to, that's right. To that's right. <laughs> I've watched Netflix on there before. It's actually not bad. Huh. I've never, I've never committed to it. Maybe I'll watch like a short film, a 2D short film in there and see how that feels. It actually mm. is pretty, it's pretty enjoyable. Huh. Honestly, yeah, just saying it's a, it's a it's an option. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, so stay tuned for that. And if you're enjoying the show, subscribe, drop us a review on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to the show. And if you want to comment on this episode, you can do that at the pestlepodcast.com slash lightyear. And our quote of the day uh, today is from Buzz Aldrin. Now, I love this quote, man. Uh, 
uh, harkens back to what we were talking about earlier. Keep in mind that progress is not always linear. It takes constant course correcting and often a lot of zigzagging. Unfortunate things happen, accidents occur, and setbacks are usually painful. That does not mean we quit. Hmm. That is that I that especially now today in this political climate and all this shit going on, um, you know, with with in with wars and with inflation and, and all this stuff, like we hit hard times all the time. Yeah. But it's it's I mean it's just like investing in a stock market. You don't lose the money until you sell. So don't quit. If you believe in it, it can happen, but only if you don't quit. Um, and and it's coming from anybody like anybody else, those are just words. But for someone like Buzz Aldrin is is really super powerful. That's a wonderful quote, man. Nice. Thanks. Well said. Agreed. Yeah. Anyway, thank you guys so much for joining us. This was a lot of fun. I'm really glad we disagreed on this film. Yeah. Uh, that <laughs> felt really good to argue my point, to listen to your point, and, and tell you how you're wrong. I appreciate it. <laughs> appreciate it. Uh, join us next week. I can't, or whenever we're going to do this. What is it? Three weeks maybe yeah, from now? Maybe three, four weeks. Yeah. Okay, we'll do it immediately when I get back. Okay. Um, love you, man. Love it's going to be fun. Yep. Uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, Until next time, I'm Todd. I'm Wes. Go watch the movies. Mm -hmm.